Welcome to the Men of Character Podcast with your host, Bill Maser. Okay, welcome everybody. Uh, today I've got Jack Peach. Uh, Jack is a trained social researcher and teacher. Um, he originally is from the UK and now resides in Thailand. So first off, thank you, Jack, for, for being on the podcast. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me and thanks for having me on, Bill. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem at all. I, I saw your article a couple of days ago and I immediately messaged you and, um, and just wanted to talk to you about faith in this topic. And, and I've just been following you. You guys should definitely give Jack a follow. His, his uh, Twitter handle is uh, thinkinpeach. So apparently he wants you to think in peach. And, uh, and so we'll do that and definitely give him a follow on there. And I found you a couple, maybe two, three months ago. And I think I, I just love your, your perspective. I, I definitely want to dig into to this topic. So maybe let's start us off, bit, you know, a bit of an introduction or more of an introduction of yourself, and then we'll get into the topic. Yeah, sure. So I'll, uh, I'll go back a bit in time and sort of uh, give a description of how I sort of grew up, really, because I was raised an atheist, very very strict, not strict, but my parents were very staunch atheists. And that was how I was raised. It's how I saw the world. It's what I believed in. And then I had a pretty stereotypical sort of teenager background. I went to, went to university. I was drinking a lot, partying a lot, and didn't have much meaning to my life beyond, beyond that, really. So I personally think the two are actually somewhat linked. Uh, when I look back on it, uh, with uh, in hindsight it looks like the the two things were linked so i eventually left england to try and get away from that and had somewhat of a, a reawakening uh along the way basically uh it's a very typical i i wrote about this in my article rebirth it is i am that wanker who went abroad to find himself but i went traveling to find myself and i <laughs> Fortunately, I did. I did. I, I, I feel in a much better place now. So it was well over, over three years ago now. And part of that was discovering a, a, a form of faith. But uh, it's uh, an unusual kind of faith. I don't actually subscribe to, to one religion per se. Um, because I have some sort of, I don't know, called ideological Dis, uh, disagreement with with that position. I think that it's gotcha. quite problematic for for certain reasons, which ties in with my atheist upbringing. Because gotcha. you cannot fully disconnect yourself from your past. You know. <laughs> sure. I wanted to. I want to follow up on one point you said there. You said the two things are connected. What, like what? What specifically? Your lifestyle and how you felt, or, or yeah. So. I think that one of the problems we've had since we since society has moved to a more secular nature is that the the death of God or the the demise of faith, as I put it in the article, it leaves a sort of a spiritual hole and spiritual vacuum in people's lives. And if you do not find something to fill that, it leads to a feeling of nihilism, which breeds discontent. So the reason I say that is because this is basically what, what I felt. And one thing I've noticed uh, through, well, through my studies, through my travels, is that people that have something to 
to root themselves in and a belief, a faith, particularly a religious one, I, th I think is, is more, more strong, more powerfully felt. Uh, they tend to have a different perspective, but more, more in touch perspective with, with life, life. So for example, I look back on my old friends, the people that I used to hang around with. I'm still friends with a lot of them. They're, they're great people, but there's, there's a sense of discontent within them. I think always bubbling under the surface. Some people can hide it. Some people can't, but I think once you, you know, loosen up with someone, get to relax with them, maybe have a few drinks or something, it, it tends to come out a little bit. And I do think this is intimately linked to the, 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 the demise of faith and a more rationalist approach, approach to life. Yeah. So what, what exactly, so you said you went abroad to, to find yourself, like, <laughs> yeah. was there a moment, where's there a moment where, like, what was that? thing that switched you over from realizing was there was it one moment or is it just sort of gradually it build up yeah it's it a gradual build up i'd been sort of i i started drinking very young at a very young age sort of 14 or so which is it's not unusual in britain i don't know if it's the same in america but most people yeah, sort no, of yeah most people start drinking at that age and i think if you like studies prove this if you develop a alcohol like a relationship with alcohol or substances at a young age it basically it trickles into your life and usually becomes like an abuse of the substance and i think basically over time i became like a borderline alcoholic i wasn't like a full like i still have my life together i'm not like i wasn't like a complete fuck up but yeah, like no. I, I was not happy you know basically and when I went to university, did the standard route, uh, I was lucky enough to yeah, get, get, get a scholarship for my master's, which was lucky. It's sort of like another year away from real life, you know? I was one of those, one of those kind of people. Uh, and then when my master's was finishing, it was like, I don't want to stay at university and do a PhD. Like I've been in, I feel like I've been here long enough in education. And it was like coming to the end of that, I had no job lined up. I wasn't very organized at this time in my life. I was sort of, uh, something will come up kind of thing. But luckily I'd, I was working and I'd managed to keep some, get some money together as well. I kept some money for my scholarship and I basically decided, right, I need to have a sharp cut from my life because I'd been drinking too much for a long time and I'd wanted to cut it down and I didn't have the willpower, basically. I didn't have the strength at that time to, uh, to just stop. I, I was surrounded by people. All my friends drank. We were all partiers. All we did was party. Yeah. All my friends. I didn't have any friends outside of that. So you couldn't, I couldn't get away from it, or I felt like I couldn't get away from it. So I decided, okay, short, shock, shock, cut it out. I booked a flight to, to Thailand, where I now live, and just didn't have any more plan than that really. I just flew out here and I had a direction that I was gonna head in. I decided that I'd head south <laughs> rather than north. Like that was like the one plan I had. And yeah, I just sort of went touring around, saw some new cultures, obviously new experiences. And yeah, changed, changed, changed everything over a period of maybe six months a year that, that everything sort of, it took me that long to 
yeah, you can't change your personality overnight. It takes, it's a, well, you never really fully do. It's a self-improvement is a, is an on, ongoing progress and every ends. So yeah, one, one thing you mentioned the, cause so I haven't drank in five years. I, I have, you know, a lot of what you're saying is I can relate to, I drank, like I, I explained it the same way. I was an alcoholic, but I drank a lot, like even mm-hmm. for someone who was in high school was like a, a sort of a late bloomer. So I was like five, two, and I would drink as much as the bigger guys and get, I'd also get like sick, like, you know, either blackout or it was pretty bad. Um, but I was functional, right? I went to school, went to the college, got a great job out of school, all the typical, uh, you know, things that, that somebody who's in that corporate path uh, does. But it definitely, so at five years ago, I just stopped. It was like, there's a couple of reasons my father passed and he had a problem with alcohol, like a real problem where it affected his life and he divorced mm-hmm. my mother and all that. Um, and, and I was just in a spot where I was like, you know what, similar to what you said, you made the choice of leaving the, a country and I made the choice of just, this is something I can control. It doesn't add any value. I'm like almost 30, I was I think 30 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hangovers are feeling worse. Like I'm not young and, and you know, fresh anymore after, after drink, heavy night of drinking. So I just stopped. Um, and I thought, I, I feel like I kept quiet for, with that for like three years. I, I wasn't really sure, should I tell people not to drink? Cause I think this is like good. Like the results have been good. And then the last two years with Twitter and all that, I've, I've spoken more about it. And now I feel like I sound like, um, someone who preaches, you know, don't go and drink. And, and I, and I don't want, I don't want, I don't like making it like a moralistic uh, thing, but I think like the other day I was listening. I don't know if you're familiar with, um, I'm getting to a point here. I don't know if you're familiar with Akira the Don, the it's like a DJ who makes different beats and puts like Jordan oh, yeah. Peter. It's fantastic. So I actually wrote my whole book to his like bunch of his songs he keeps on pumping up. But he had one track with Jordan Peterson that was called like the drinking game, where it's Jordan Peterson talking about drinking. But he had like probably the best explanation of it. He goes, you know, alcohol is a, a great drug, but that's that's actually the problem. It's a great drug. Like it's <laughs> like you can have a blast, and this yeah, is it's fun, right? <laughs> and he says, and he says in the clip, it's a, it's great. I don't know where he got the clip from. I couldn't find it, but the song is fantastic. If you look up uh, his Jordan Peterson, the Cure the Don album, but he, but he also says like that. What you're missing is that if you have, if you don't have alcohol, you need an adventure. You need like something to to do, and if you, when you do have it, you're, it's like you're replacing it in some ways. The fact that you don't have an adventure. And I think, and I think I, I, I removed it. My experience is that is exactly that I removed it. And it's almost like I needed to just do something with my life. And I've done it. Like it forced me to not look to the times where I drank to just distract myself and go and have, you know, like, like just let loose, which is what happens when you drink. But then it's like, well, when you're sober, then it's almost like it, it, it morphs your behavior. So when the times when you're drunk, you, 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 you are become some true part of yourself, but you're just drunk. But then when you're sober, you, you, you don't have the need to do those things because you did them while you were drunk. I don't know how to do if that makes sense. But No, it makes perfect sense. And I think it ties in quite well as well, because it is almost like people, uh, like a lack of purpose, a lack of meaning, like the nihilism I'm talking of, they try and fill it with like, yeah, hedonism, whether it's alcohol, drugs, casual sex, like it sounds very like Puritan when I say it like that. Yeah. And like none of these things are like 
necessarily morally wrong. Like I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to like preach to people, but there is a problem with it when you are using that to like fill a hole in your life. And I think, yeah, if you have a purpose, if you have some kind of faith, like some kind of grounding to really like push you in the future, like push you forward, then yeah, you don't miss it. You don't, you don't, you don't need it. And yeah, that's, that's one of the, the, the major, major problems. I think, I think in general people, they need a purpose and faith can, can provide that. Like all people, all societies have like some kind of ritualized behavior, right? Like even like the drinker, right? You have your ritual, you go to, you go to a bar and you, you drink together, you buy your rounds. It's a, maybe you have a specific place you go to, like we did, like my friends, we had our bar. So we went to our place of worship, as it were. We had ritual behaviors. We, all, we have a way of drinking in Britain, round drinking. We drink rounds and then we go to a specific club and we dance, you know? It's, uh, that's, that's, that's a ritualized behavior, in my opinion. It's something that's that, true. That, that is almost uh, a religious expression. It's not quite, I'm not saying it is, but it's almost like a, like a simulcrum, you know? It's like a, something like we created like this little dog doll that kind of looks like it, but kind of is missing the most important part, right? Which is the, 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 the belief and the meaning that it gives you. And you can see this in different fields. Like I'm a big football fan or like soccer fan for Americans. Yeah, yeah. Fan UK. And I used to go to, to my local team's matches. Like uh, every week I had, a, I had what they call a season ticket. And it's the, the same thing. There's some arguments yeah. in sociological fields. They say, yeah, it's like a ritualized behavior. You go to this place of worship, a stadium or yeah, ground, wherever it is, you go, you sing songs to support your team. You have a, like a, in Leicester, like well, where I'm from Leicester, uh, in England, it's your local team. You're supporting your local team. It's very tribal and it's very much localized. You know, it's like a civic pride you have. It's very territorial. And you go there and you, you stand in the face of like the enemy as it were, and you sing and you defy them and you shout. And it's, it's almost, a, a, almost a religious experience. I, yeah. I, I, w I hesitate to call it that. I, I'd say it's ritualized rather than religious. But again, it's almost like we're trying to... Well, so why would you hesitate? Because it's like ha a hollow version of it. Yeah, it's a hollow version, I think. And yeah. it's, I don't know. It's a little bit... Uh, it loses some of the meaning of like what... what, what yeah religion is yep i think you're right and i think you know on twitter you see it too and well not just twitter but maybe it's because that's where i spend a lot of my time <laughs> the you see a lot of the right it could be political things too right or veganism there's tons of things that people replace with actually they think that they're not religious but they actually are religious about a number of things and those things actually you know don't necessarily lead to good places or, or healthy places yeah, not at all. They, they're all missing something like that is that is necessary because every culture, every society all over the world has some kind of religious belief. They don't they're not all the same, but they all have some kind of religious belief, whether it's animism, uh, polytheism, monotheism or like yeah, the, the sacred landscape or some kind of transcendental uh, meditative state. It's all 
it's all some kind of like religious spiritual experience so whenever i see something that is like cross-cultural and and for religion is pretty much without exception as well i can't think of an like any secular society beyond like modernity basically and that's that's a, a relatively yeah obviously a new development so when i see something that is completely cross-cultural the first thing i think is it must be intrinsic to humanity like it that they can't be a re like it can't be a mistake that every culture has this right like it can't be uh it can't be coincidence it's not coincidence yeah. and I, I feel there is something inside us which needs some greater meaning and for me it doesn't matter what that meaning is like as long as you have some kind of faith for like your your personal contentment like i, I have a big thing about contentment because yeah you read my my other article where I, on benjamin's site which is between like the difference between happiness and content, right? I think that's a, that's a, uh, obviously it's semantics, but I think it's a bit, it's quite an important difference. And yeah. I definitely lived my life with discontent for a long time, but I was happy at the same time. I had fun, you know, but I was discontent. Whereas now I probably like from the outside, I look like I have like a lot less fun, a lot less happiness, but I am content. And the, the warmth and the feeling that gives you is, is i think essential it's essential to live like a whole like a wholesome life so what's the what's the difference then so like I, I would say happiness is like an emotion it's fleeting it's something that that comes and then goes it's pretty pretty short-lived or yeah maybe you can feel happy for like an hour maybe like, i don't even think you can feel happy for an hour to be honest like you feel happy for a bit it's like a release of chemicals in my opinion uh, that makes you feel good. Whereas contentment is like a wholeness or like a fulfillment to your life where even you can feel happy, even you can feel sad, you can feel upset. It's like you have like this base level which cannot be moved. That's what I would argue the difference between like contentment and, and happiness is. Yeah. So how, how would someone, in your opinion, find contentment in in modern society? Uh, I think the most important thing is to have yeah, some kind of purpose. You've got to have something that you are living for. And I think a big part of that is having some kind of faith. And you can probably make your purpose your faith, you know, like you can say, this is what I'm setting out to do. You know, I have belief in this. I have a faith in yeah, even myself. Like, I, I don't think that, I think if that works for you, then that's, that's good. As long as it works for you, like, like this is on like a, for me is like a personal thing. Like you have to create some kind of personalized mission, belief or system that, that, uh, that enables your contentment and what that is. Yeah. can vary from person to person. I, I think there's three key things that are essential. I think you've got to be healthy. I think if you're unhealthy, you live like a, yeah, like my old lifestyle, drinking a lot, your body's full of inflammation. Yeah, that's going to make you feel like shit. Like, it's going to have a drag factor on you that will be very difficult to, to overcome, even if you get all the other aspects right. So I think, like, the very base level, you have to have, like, some level of health. Like, your health is your wealth. You know, without it, it's hard. Everything else is hard when you're sick. When I used to drink a lot, man, I had no energy. 
And I didn't realize how much of an effect that had on my mood until I stopped. And like a year later, maybe a year, two years later, it was like, wow, this is how you actually feel. I'm not tired after walking for like 10 minutes. You yeah. know, like... Uh, I think I was, a lot of people confuse, because I've thought about this a lot, what, you, what you're describing. I think a lot of people confuse motivation for actually just the feeling of being healthy. They think they're not motivated, but they're actually just not physically and and well and then probably in other ways spiritually and emotionally healthy but they think that what they need you know they watch some gary vaynerchuk or some uh, online inspirational person which i i'm not criticizing people i've I've watched them too but i think they look for motivation but what they actually need is health like what you're describing yeah 100 percent. i think it's the base the very base like yeah like you say you can look at a motivational like something motivational, you can give you that motivation in that moment, but it's not, you're not going to sustain that, you know? So you've got to, you've got to have the base of health. Two other things I think are very important is you've got to enjoy your work or have meaningful work. And whether that is like, like that sounds pretty idyllic. Yeah. We all have responsibilities at times like the job I do, I enjoy it, but it's not, it was not like my ideal job, but playing around with my Twitter, trying to like do like, like write like creative, interesting tweets that people engage with. My blog that I've just started, it's like, that's like some meaningful work that like creative pursuit, preferably. I think creation is very important for, for humans that, that can give you some kind of like satisfaction and meaning. Like it's very hard, again, if you, like, it's hard, yeah, because we all have responsibilities. We have bills to pay, we have, things to do if you can create a situation where you can have good work that is that is very important to finding contentment i find and the final thing is relationships like we're social animals we cannot isolate ourselves from that that's like the worst thing anyone can do and it your relationships i would split into three like for me, the most important should be your partner, like even above your kids, uh, in my opinion. I know not everyone would agree with that. I don't have kids, so like maybe it would change if I had them. But in my opinion, you have to have your your partner has to come first because that's the person you you live your life with. Yeah. You know, they're the people you set together, set your path together. You have to support each other. You have to look after each other's feelings and support each other that like through everything that's the most important in my opinion next is your family which yeah you would include your 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 children your parents your extended family it's very important to especially with your kids and especially with your kids i can understand if you have like i had a very good family life i get on very well my family but i understand not everyone does and i think holding bitterness and resentment towards your family that's got to go but it doesn't mean you have to be best friends, yeah? Like, if you've had a bad relationship with your parents for whatever reason, like, it doesn't mean you have to suddenly be like, oh, the fact that I'm not best buddies with my my parents means, like, yeah, my relationships are fucked. No. But you got to forgive them, let go of the resentment, any bitterness you have, but you don't have to be best buddies with them. And then it's your friends, like, your network, like, the people that, yeah, you, you spend time with, you socialize with, you let your hair down with, like, apart from your partner. I think you have to have time apart for that. Uh, I think that's very important. Um, 
And if you get those three things right and have a purpose and faith, I think you'll probably be on your way to feeling pretty content. Like for me, too many people focus on the, 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 the attractive looking things, like the, the, the nice, like the thing that looks cool on Instagram, right? Is the, the people are searching for that moment. The thing that looks cool, the thing that people are, wow, your life looks amazing. Whereas they should be searching for something deeper. Like, yeah. And I, I think what, what, what you said about people need to create, I think it is a big part that I've found for myself. Like just the fact, well, I think because people consume so much today, because we have so many different ways of, distracting ourselves and entertaining ourselves and like it, i think it's related to why people are nihilistic right and if you look at it a lot like if you if you take it like a step further if you look at why the foundations of why most of like western civilization was built on the back of christianity which i think you know people could argue but i think it's true and i think it's because people oh, yeah. believe that they have free will and and it came from their religion, right? They have they're like they're able to do and, and be and be things. And I think actually this nihilism is a problem because you you sort of have this pessimistic view of the world that you can't affect it or you're you're like powerless. And I and I think that's they're they're related. I think you, the reason why Western civilization is falling, the reason why we're we're less religious or not, like they're they have a relation there. I think and it's definitely. because people don't they're not in touch with yeah with how to create and they they just consume and they look to for those things to bring them contentment but they don't yeah it's very like a surface surface level look at it and what you said then like yeah i it's like people focus on like the truth there is the truth of this like yeah we are all gonna die like our life is like a transient state you know it's not we're not going to live forever but that isn't a cause for like like upset or depression or like it's like oh so it's meaningless no not at all it's like the fact that we die is what makes it so beautiful in my opinion is like we have some we have this limited finite time and we can make of that whatever we will and we can leave an impact on the world and yes yeah, some people leave a huge impact on the world like through in that finite time we all have the the same time it's what you do with it you know and when people see and focus on the death or the yeah the intransience of it the the it's like make it seem like it's meaningless because of that we're all gonna rot in the ground we all yeah it's true we are but like if you let that become like the base of your your life your life's gonna be miserable it's a it's a it's a you're building on yeah. sand, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, I think the other part that I've realized, so I, I was like, like, we talked about the drinking, but I was someone who just chased like pleasure basically and comfort. Yeah, me too. And I think the, you know, you, 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 it's almost like you become in many ways you grow up in the West and you become trained to be, to do things that give you a rise in emotion. And, but then you actually become a slave of those emotions like you like you're always looking you think that that's what you need to to look for like some yeah and you don't realize that in good and bad ways it it, it controls you how, how you feel and it I, I think that's the one one day I, re, I literally just woke up 
I had something occur to my to my mother that was pretty serious, and and I just real I was mad at somebody at my job at the time, and I woke up the next day and I was like, I've been a bitch, like an emotional bitch, like this like this person is controlling my emotional state, and like what am I doing? And I just like it that literally sort of snapped in my head and realized like you can't let things control your emotions and you can't look like you don't want it in a good way and you don't want it in a bad way. Sort of like easy, steady uh, level of, of not too high, not too low. When, when things go great, you should not overdo it. When things go poorly, you should know that it's probably not going to last either. But I feel like in, a, in the West, you just, yeah, because you're always consuming, because these things sort of drive your, those type of emotions, you don't realize that that's what the behavior that you end up um, and you just stay in this low level emotional state where people, and then I think that's how you get manipulated, right? That's how politicians can manipulate you. That's how media can manipulate you. That's how the schooling system, whatever you want to talk about, your, your manager, your people you work with. I think if you can free yourself like emotionally from the effects as you know, it's not, it's impossible to not let it affect you at all. But the more you can, the more control you have over yourself, you're just much happier because then you control it. And then, yeah, I feel like I wasted so much time thinking about these things of like what other people thought or what this person did to me and what that. And now I just like, I, I sort of have very, I almost put it, I think Naval put it like have low expectations of, of others and high expectations of yourself. So like I, yeah, I don't, I have low expectations. doesn't mean I, I, I think poorly of people. If I see them step up, I, I support them. But if I see that they just don't do, you know, the, the behavior that I think they should do, then I just, I just, you know, acknowledge that they're human and, and move on. Don't get upset about it. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but it's more likely people let you down than, than bring you up. Unfortunately, it does seem to be, be a reality. I don't know if that's like a, a modern thing or, or what but it, yeah i think it's related i thought for i thought for a long time like like i sort of dropped off certain friends and because i felt like not that they were necessarily bad people they might even listen to this but that's fine not that, that they were bad people but i just thought like we weren't benefiting each other and i thought like i just can't risk for my own being i can't risk not moving forward so i just cut certain people out that maybe but I, but I felt that for a long time, for like about a year and a half, like I just had a small group of friends that I originally had, you know, when I was younger mm. and I didn't make new friends because I just couldn't. And I was like, is it, you know, you would wonder, I'm like, is something wrong with me? But I don't think it was. I think, I think it's that there's just a sad state of people currently. Like they're, you know, they're just not in the right place mentally and emotionally and physically. And they I just, entirely agree. Yeah. The energy's bad. So now that it's, what's interesting is you find this corner of Twitter and I've actually met a couple people like in person or like have conversations with you. And, and then you're like, wow, there are people like think like you and there are like, it's like, it's, it's encouraging because even though I still was, was doing what I was doing and sort of doing it with a smaller group, it's always better to have, you know, a bigger, bigger group and, and feel like you're, you're more empowered and, and you're not alone in the, and the world can actually move in, in a proper direction. 
for sure. It's a sad state of affairs at the moment, I think, for the for the general population. Like one of the, the key reasons I, one of the other key reasons I left was just the state of the dating market is, is I don't know what it's like in America, but I'd imagine it's probably the same as it is in Britain. It's, it's shocking. The, 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 I was not particularly high value myself at the time, but the, the level of, uh, of the quality of people in general is very low, I think. Like you say, people are overweight, they have poor, poor outlooks on the world, very negative, or there's just like, yeah, nihilistic view. They, they, there's very little uh, that's motivating them. They've got very little get-go. It's just sort of an acceptance of your lot very early on. When you you can do a lot in this world, you know, like if you put your mind to it, you know, you can, if you really just want to like push forward and do something, get a purpose, start creating, just especially nowadays, man, it's never been easier. Like I feel blessed that yeah. we're, we're, we're alive in this age, really. It's very paradoxical, actually, because That's we right. live in, we live in a fantastic time of absolute like abundance, wealth, and like we have like, yeah, this communication right now, we're butting. 13 hours apart in in uh, time zones on literally the other side of the world, yeah, we're able to communicate like this and have like a, a deep, meaningful conversation. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. We're, we're lucky and blessed to be alive in this time. Yeah, at the same time, there's this this paradox, like para, paradoxical nature where people are uh, are really low, and I do think it all it all ties in to like to this. The, the death, the demise of faith, the lack of meaning in people's people's lives, and I think they are the rise of technology and the demise of faith are intimately entwined. I do think that, like, uh, I think it's possible to have both, but the, just the, the 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 nature of the way that things have un, unfolded, perhaps it's natural. I'm not sure, but the way that things have unfolded is that as technology and science is like risen and become like the, the, the primacy of, of all, all, all intellectual like stimulus, everything is like the most important thing. It's like what we all worship at the altar of science and who can blame us? Look what it does. It's magic. It's literally yeah. magic. If you, if you dropped someone, you dropped a mobile phone into someone 200 years ago, it's, that is literal magic. So I can understand why it's like, we can see this, we can feel it, we can touch it, we, we, can, we can almost understand it. I don't know how my phone works, but yeah. like, you can kind of understand it, you know? Whereas when we have this, this hidden nature of like, yeah. meaning, we can't, the, we can't just look at the surface, you know? It's not just got a surface, easy to understand thing. It, it requires like some work to actually de delve into, especially today when we don't have the, the mentors or we don't have the, the mores, the values that instill these beliefs. And that is actually what I think possibly the most positive thing that can come out of our corner of Twitter is, is that we have people that are, that've got these values and are trying to give knowledge to people mentor people provide like a, a different view and yeah as these things move on uh, move offline like like you say you've met with a few people in our corner like we can we can really build something i think like that that for me is very that's one of the things that really keeps me coming back to twitter when it's like you know so sometimes it's like you know you've got to put out content every day it's quite a like i've got to like <laughs> sometimes i'm like okay i've got yeah. to come up with something it can be 
be like that. But when you, I think of that, like what we can potentially do, we can move the needle even a little bit and improve like the way some people think about the world. I think that's a wonderful thing. Like, Oh, it is. Yeah. I know that people like, they criticize the, the platitudes and all this, but, and I think there's, there's a bit of truth in that there, you know, there is a bit of truth in that, but there is a bit of also cynicism in that. There's a bit of cynicism in like the people that criticize the person who's creates something and sells it. It honestly just pisses, it pisses me off. Like they, they criticize a young guy who's like drop shipping. I'm like, look, he could be, I was out drinking. So he's drop shipping yeah, exactly. better than me and probably better than what you were doing. So you're a hypocrite. And I just think, yeah, I, I, I know for a fact that what's occurring online because I've experienced it with the last year and I've met the people that this thing is real. And yeah, I, sure. the other thing I was going to say about what you were saying about that people, you know, the technology aspect of it. I think that one thing that I realized that, that really, cause I just to explain a little bit of my own religious beliefs, I guess. So I was, when people would ask me, like my wife, we'd have these conversations and I would say, I don't know. Like you believe in God. I'd be like, I don't know. Like I didn't want to outright, like I couldn't say like outright. I didn't feel the, the level of certainty. I was never like this, like angry type atheist or anything, but I, I just me. had, yeah, okay. I just had my doubts and, um, and like what you said, I sort of cleaned up my life and, and just was aspiring towards being a better person. And, and it's, and it sort of just happened. Like, I, I feel like I became religious through my actions almost in some respect. And now I feel like in more and more, I can see clearly that that's the case. But I think one thing I would say to people is you, um, not every, like not everything that's real, you can touch. You can't like, you can't touch your own, like your consciousness is real, but it's not something that you can touch. You, that like, if you believe that you're going to be successful or a doctor or a basketball player, none of that is real currently. Like if you're no. a kid, none of that is real, but if you believe it, it is real. And, and, I, and I think one thing I realized was like, it takes actual, like, I think a lot of atheists think that they're like smarter than people because they've, you know, everyone that believes is stupid and how could they believe some fake made up story? And it's like, well, actually, in some ways it takes more courage to believe something that, that can't be proven. Like, and, and I, and then I realized, well, and that's actually true in your own, in your own life. Like if you believe in yourself, that's the only way you're actually going to accomplish anything. Because if you don't believe in yourself, you will not accomplish anything because you know, there's only so far that other people could take you if you don't believe in yourself. So it's like belief is actually central to your, for everything. And so that was like some, like a light in my head that just switched. And I think Jordan Peterson's lectures too. I don't know if you've heard his biblical lectures. I've not, no, I'm not sure. Uh, they're pretty fantastic. And it, it was like, just gave me a different point of, he, he does lectures. I don't know if people are familiar, but he gives, uh, they're like two, three hour lectures on stories of the Bible from a psychological and historical and just analyzing what the stories really mean. And it really just made me take another look at like how I was looking at the Bible from a very rationalist scientific perspective, instead of from the, what, what, what type of story, what type of, what is, lesson is this? passage teaching and he just goes way deep on these passages and what it could mean and, and 
So, and it, and it really, it probably was the last straw. Once I had heard a bunch of those lectures, I just, he, I don't know if that was his purpose. I think he was more just interested in the, you know, he's a bit of a, a very heady person who wants to understand these things, but that's the effect it had on me. But it's interesting. Yeah, think, yeah. Oh, sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, cause it's very interesting. Like what you said about like your religious sort of change, cause that basically mirrors mine as well. Like, I, as I started moving forwards in my life and started like, yeah, I got some meaning, got some purpose. I had the same kind of, uh, yeah, like reawakening. I went from like an atheist, like a staunch atheist, very arrogant as like a lot of them are. And like, like I would like laugh, like openly deride people of faith. I'm like, like regret to say, like, I, I'm quite like regretful of that as you know, but, um, I, went from that and then over time as things started getting better for me I sort of slipped to more of like an agnostic state where it's like oh I'm kind of open to it I, I don't know but I'm kind of open to it and then yeah recently only in the past six months or so I sort of decided right I I think there is something more to this there, there, there's something to like this religious belief so and my life is gradually like i, I I have moved forward a lot in the past few years. So as I, it's interesting to me that as your path, like, as you say, it sort of mirrors mine. And it makes me wonder again, if it, it is something intrinsic, like within humans, like as you become more sort of, I don't know, balanced, for want of a better yeah. word, you, it, that sort of space in your heart opens up or your soul or whatever you want to, you want to call it, opens right. up and lets something in. It's, that's, that's very interesting to me that you said that. Yep. Uh, you made me think, so last night I watched a movie called Breakthrough. Have you seen this movie? I have not, no. You should watch it. It's like, right, it's yeah. based on a true story. I don't know how much of it is true. I, I, I haven't had time to look up how much, you know how they sometimes dramatize the movies. <laughs> yeah. but, a, but basically it's the story of a young kid in the U.S., I think like in Michigan. He fell through an ice cold lake. He was, he had no pulse for 45 minutes and they, and his mother comes in the the hospital room and just like, they basically told her like, Hey, say goodbye to your son. We're going to like, he's dead basically. Mm -hmm. And so she just walks in, doesn't really want to believe any of that, grabs his feet and says a prayer. And this guy like heartbeat comes back, pulse come back. And then I don't know if this part is true, but look like the movie shows that he came out of a coma it sounds like he just that was when he came back and he was fine after that the 45 minutes um but either way is essentially like even the doctors are like they quote some of the doctors that were there is like yeah he was basically dead mother came in and prayed and he came back to life and it's like this super religious woman <laughs> who just literally believed that god would bring you know holy spirit would bring back life to her kid and it happened so it's a yeah. It's like an incredibly, I think, I feel like the old me would have rejected this movie, but sitting there the whole time questioning how, you know, this can, you know, there's explanations, this and that. But now that I just don't have that fight in, in my, just like you said, in my soul anymore, it's just like, yep, yeah, you can't explain that. So go ahead and try. Like, I felt like if you were an atheist and you watched that movie, you would at least have to like submit a little bit, like, you know what? this is so out of the ordinary and has no scientific explanation that I should at least consider that maybe there's something more. 
<laughs> well, if you were me, you would have definitely not. <laughs> I think yeah. like the problem is like with with my experience of yeah, for looking back on myself and some people I know as well, used to know some science, uh, some guys I went to university with who were like proper scientists. Like they will always rationalize something away. You can always rationalize something away, no matter what it is. Like that's, that's right. The, that's the human psyche. We can always find a reason why, if we want to. Like that's that's like our creativity, right? That's human creativity. We can we can always find a find a reason for it. Like uh, I I actually had like a, a semi miracle happen to me, which I could rationalize away. I hundred percent have reasons why this could have happened. But I choose to reject those reasons like now. In the past I didn't, but now I just think, look, what that allowed me to achieve, that 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 this this thing, uh is is miraculous. It's changed my life. It literally changed my life. Like uh so I can choose to rationalize that away, or I can choose to believe that this happened for yeah, a reason or a purpose. And that is my choice. And that's that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. You can you have to choose to believe it, you have to want to. And if you do choose that and like submit yourself to something else, surrender yourself to something, like it's very freeing, it's very liberating. It gives you a, a, a peace inside you that is, is really, really like advantageous on like a rational level. It, it makes you feel good. It's like, if you wanna like, like I, I'm quite a logical, rational person, but if, if I want to rationalize it like that, I can, I can just rationalize my faith like that if I want, wanted to. I don't, I don't want to actually, but you, you, you can do that. Like, if you just want to do it in a selfish, like it makes my life better, like just to surrender to something and think, oh, I've done everything I can. Everything else is up to whatever, yeah, God, the, the, the world, the universe, like whatever, whatever you want to, uh, want to believe in. That's, that's a very liberating liberating thing and i think i have a little pet theory about this that i've been that i thought of when i was writing the article that i've kind of been thinking a bit more in depth about like is that i think the human faith is a, a a balance to human like to intellectual arrogance humans are so intelligent right we are like so above virtually anything in the animal kingdom yeah, maybe dolphins and whales could like do something if they weren't surrounded by water. I don't know, maybe like because we have combustion that's allowed us to do like, yeah, most of like modern technology comes as a result of that. Maybe if like whales could light fires, then like maybe they would be super smart. I don't know, like maybe they have a different form of intelligence and we just don't know. But humans are super intelligent, like rationalize things away and it, it breeds arrogance in us. Like you see this in, I don't know, I can see this in some of my like scientific friends who are very like logical, like educated in the science. They will, there's like an arrogance to them. It's like, well, this is what science says. Like, if you don't believe it, what well, the science says that's true. And in my opinion, when we are intellectual, when we go through like uh, these, these thought processes, we can become very arrogant and we can do terrible things. Like you just gotta, where I've been living for the past, yeah, where I live for the past sort of four months, it's been like so polluted. Like I live in a small city, it's not a big city. Uh, it's not a huge population, but it's from like industrial practices related to farming, where they basically like created like, it was like 
there's a couple of mountains behind my house. Like they're only five miles away, maybe not even that. And I couldn't see them for like three months because of the, oh, wow. the smog. Yeah, it was it was really bad. And this is like where the I, I'm using this as a metaphor of like the arrogance of humans without the balance of faith. Like we can do some pretty terrible things. Like when uh, when like like if you look at some again like for example like Nazi experiments, the very rationalist scientific things that they did the genocide itself is a very like rational rational approach to life it's very much like these people are detrimental therefore we'll do a eugenics project and and get rid of them that's rationally make humans better that's like the yeah. very extreme example of like the arrogance of human intellect and i think we need faith as a sort of a balance to that it's sort of like an like yeah we are super intelligent we are super arrogant like we are amazing things but maybe we need to have a bit of humility with that like we can do this thing but should we you say morality I think, that's right. I think i think the other part that's missing when you don't have that humility is you actually can't grow like if you think that you know everything and that everything that can be known is known mm. like what's the then what's the point of continuing to like I, I sort of like that there's there's a I because I know that there's unknowns and they can become real or like that that makes it exciting to me like I don't know how it's exciting to think that you understand the whole universe <laughs> it just seems like very it's, a, it's like an easy kappa in some way yeah it's like dull right they, no mystery yeah, Exactly. There is something definitely like mysterious. If you and if you don't see it, it's because you have probably you're 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 you've overwhelmed your own senses. It has nothing to do with the five senses. You you you've either consumed or you're distracting yourself, like you said, watching sports or arguing politics, and you don't actually. Yeah, it could be anything. Actually, I feel like one person I saw a tweet today about like the addiction to food is the fundamental part of enslavement. Like there, people don't even realize that they're, they're, it's consumption on every level, like the information, the like food. Now that we have in most of the Western world where you can just eat your snack and constantly, you don't realize these addictions that actually have a control over your emotions. It's not to say that we don't need to eat, but we, you you could you actually don't realize the that it's like an addiction you have to like and i think that's why people need to fast from all forms of consumption and like be alone and to your thoughts and yeah, like not sure. we're too overwhelmed by like just constant sensory overload isn't it it's and i think yeah it dulls it dulls us to to a lot where I was a late adopter to a to a smartphone, I was one of these kind of guys that was like, "Oh, I don't want one." Bit uh -huh. I've always been a bit luddite-ish, and I I got one when I came to Asia because I thought that yeah, I need to keep in contact with my family. And in many ways, I totally regret this, like because I used to be that guy that if I had free like nothing to do, like like maybe I got to a lecture early at university, and uh, I would. I would sit outside the lecture and think, or I would talk to someone. I would be forced into talking to someone because I was bored. Uh -huh. And it used to, it made me so I had lots of like 
like we're friends of my university group who weren't people that I associated with, but just because they happened to be stood outside of a lecture once with me, we both got there early for whatever reason, we talked for 20 minutes, and we developed these connections and these links, you know. Whereas nowadays, when you're on your phone, and I'm totally guilty of this, when I've got some free time, I'll just flick on Twitter for a minute, maybe try and like see what's interesting or put a, put a, put a little tweet out or whatever, just to kill some time. But we, yeah. we've... We lose so much of these time, the time to think, the time to to develop, like yeah, thoughts. The time just to be alone with ourselves and uh, switch off, like. And all the best ideas come in those times as well. Like you always get the most interesting thoughts, and yeah, sometimes they're a little crap, but it's it's very important to do that. Whereas now, yeah, total sensory overload, food, information like dazzling things lights and unfortunately it, uh, it's not just the western world anymore as well like living in asia for a few years it's like they're they're sort of like maybe a decade or two behind us but like the kids i teach i'd say probably 50 percent of them are overweight and even the kids who aren't overweight are like really look like bad skin not healthy looking kids in general the the diet out here is pretty bad they moved from like if you eat like the traditional like like i live in thailand now the traditional thai food it's yeah it's a lot of meat it's a lot of like fish it's good like spices herbs and vegetables but now nowadays everything's just fried in vegetable oil right everything and they're just constantly eating vegetable oil and sugar and it's like that's been a change they used to use coconut oil like yeah, coconut oil and pork fat, like large, like we eat, like yeah, same in Britain, like that's what people used to cook with, beef tallow and, and lard, but now it's all vegetable oil, which I don't know if you know, is like super toxic. So it's terrible for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like so bad. And that's like literally consists of everything that people eat out here. And it's having like, I'd say there's still like maybe a decade behind how bad it is in the West. Uh-huh. And, but it's they're catching up quick let's put it that way unfortunately there's going to be a major sickness epidemic like what if there isn't already to be honest like there's going to be what there is a world sickness epidemic that's gonna really scar generations well, it's the same par it's the same paradox right like you like you mentioned before the same time where people think that this is a terrible time to be alive or they're not happy or they're discontent it actually is the opposite. It's the, it's the best time to be alive. If yeah. you have head on straight, it's very clear to see that, that you can, like I threw a conference, I, I spent less than a, I spent more on the logo than the software to run the conference. All it took was <laughs> scheduling software, emailing people, messaging people on Twitter. And within like two days I had, or three days I had like 25 speakers and recorded in the three months. All it cost me was time and a couple hundred dollars. So there are literally no, no excuses. Um, one, one question I, w- I wanted to ask you though. Yeah, sure. Oh, well, hold on. I was going to finish a thought there. So my point is with, with the diet stuff at the same time that, that the standard diet is terrible. If you find the right information, you, yeah. you can probably find, you can probably eat the best diet with the most knowledge of what is the best diet because it's available. If you look like, you know, different people on, on Twitter, the, the PD Magnin and 
and uh, Daniel yes. Kelly and other people that, that I've followed that have helped me with health and fitness related stuff that you can actually be much healthier than most people or that you previously would have been. You get what I mean? Like you can optimize your, your health. Yeah, for sure. And unfortunately this information for whatever reason is not disseminated or is actively put out disinformation. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain of that personally, not because of some grand. Sometimes I think there is like, cause I live in different parts of the world. I see the effects that like the changes in population, like, from like my, the, the generation older than me, like who would be my parents' generation here and like my generation or the generation just a bit younger, like the kids I teach. And the, the, the effects are pretty jarring, like the, the differences, you know, it's pretty obvious like to me, like with this information, you know, but yeah. I do sometimes wonder about the sort of population control conspiracies because it's, I don't know, I, I'm not, I'm not big on conspiracies, but at the same time, when you see the effects around the world, not just in like Western countries, this is like worldwide, this is a worldwide issue. It's not, uh, it's not a Western issue. It's further ahead in the West, but let me tell you, like everywhere I've lived, it's exactly the same. And, but there's no access to this information here. Like, uh, I have a lot of friends who aren't like Western here. Yeah. Uh, and when yeah it's they think vegetable oil is healthy because it comes from vegetables really so it's like it's hard to argue with that like i have a friend who he's a really nice guy really intelligent guy but we were talking about a meal we have and for me it's like so little meat in this meal you just get like one chicken leg like and it's like some noodles and it's like curry soup it's, it's really delicious but not not the healthiest but I was saying, yeah, I just wish we had like a bit more meat in it. And he was like, oh, this is like, I take half of it home and eat it for another meal because it's too much meat. I was like, uh, I'm not going to like, like make this awkward or like try and act like I know fucking so much or some shit. But I was a bit like, oh, you don't want to be like that guy who's like preaching, but at the same time, yeah. you want to help someone. It's a difficult balance to strike the social balance with like <laughs> what you like would actually like potentially help them if they're willing to listen. But that yeah. information is not out here. And even in the West, it's, it's hidden. I think that's probably just for profit, honestly. I think just like in general. Well, I think, like, I, I, yeah, I would put it more behind there's financial interests. Yeah, me too. At stake. Really. More, than, more than conspiracy. Here's the other reason why I, I, I think it's not a conspiracy. Because even the wealthy people don't have good, they're not healthy. You know what I mean? Like they still die of disease and cancer and, like if they were hiding some secret of like, hey, let's just poison all these people. Like I think they believe their own bullshit in some to some degree. Yeah, I think and you're they, probably right. And it and it fills their pocket anyway. So why would they want to believe any different? Exactly. I, I think, did have a question. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, there was there was two questions from Twitter, and I want to make sure I get them. Um, so Benji asked uh, Benjamin George if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. Yeah, no, yeah. Due to him. Uh, due to you living in Asia, Southeast Asia, are there any noticeable differences in religion, faith, or practices compared to the West? Well, obviously, the, the biggest difference is here in Thailand, it's predominantly Buddhist. So there's a big difference, uh, huge difference, obviously, because the it's not a, like, Benji's from Spain, isn't he? So it's not Catholic <laughs> and not, not like, I wouldn't even call Britain like a Christian country anymore, but a Christian, uh, culturally Christian country. Like yeah. there's a big difference. One of the things that strikes me about 
Thailand is it's very cold. The people are very cold. And I, I personally think this is down to the religion because uh, Buddhism, as you know, is a very, uh, like, it's more of a, more of a philosophy. Obviously it does have like, like the transcendental states and the belief in like finding Nirvana, et cetera. So it does, it is spiritual, but it's not as uh, like, like theological or it's, I'm not even sure if they believe in a God, for example. I, I once asked a Buddhist this here and they, they didn't even know. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about that, but it's very much like, yeah, life is going to be suffering. Don't get too attached to your things. Like, and I think that, it, that there's a certain part, like, certain coldness that permeates the culture here people are uh, for example in my last school that i worked at uh which was in a very small village uh maybe only three thousand people lived there i was there's only me and another another westerner who worked in the same school uh there and while i was there three kids died like in a year that i worked there in like motorcycle accidents and uh crashed cars and like in a Western country, like a, a kid died when I was when I was growing up. She was in my year, a real nice girl called Amber. She she died of cancer, uh, very young, like when I was at primary school. And it was like the whole school was in like mourning. You know, it was like like there's the passing of her life. We want to like celebrate her life. We want to yeah accept like yeah she's she's died. We gotta accept that. But at the same time, we want to give like some some warmth, some feeling, like some, like, this is a tragedy, it's a life ended. Whereas like here, when the kid died, it was just sort of like, I just got told one day, oh yeah, one, like he was my student, I taught him. And it was like, oh yeah, this, this guy died in a car accident. And that was it, it was just like, that was it, no like, sorry for your loss or what a tragedy, it was just like, oh yeah, he died. And for me, that was quite like a jarring moment, it's like, uh -huh. This is like a kid's life. Like I kind of agree with the the, the what it's take. Like yeah, we are all going to die. There's no point like, like like you can't like divorce yourself from that fact. But at the same time, it doesn't mean you have to be like totally cold to it. You know, this is yeah. this is like yeah, like someone's friend. Like it's it's a life ended tragically short. You know, that that that's one of the things that really strikes me the most. And in general, even like like relationships here i think uh like thai people are pretty cold within relationships they're a bit quite rational about them from what i perceived I, my girlfriend's not thai my sorry my fiance is not thai so uh but from what i've seen from other thai relationships and like westerners i know who date thai people thai girls uh -huh. it's, it's always that way around uh is there's there's a certain coldness that I believe comes from the religion. It's probably cultural as well. Like like anything, all the like anything to do with like social social uh, things are, are always multivariate. It's never like this one thing, right? Yeah. Which is too complex. We very complex uh, people. Humans are very complex. And yeah, culture. I think I've talked to to Garrett a bit about Buddhism because I because I sort of find it interesting as well. Like a lot of the facets of it but i think the core the problem i or that and i guess a criticism i don't know if it's the problem is better probably to have some type of religion than not but um it's it's like you i think it's fine to have maybe some certain level of detachment but you can't have like try to permanently detach yourself from things because then yeah, you're you, just you're just trying to avoid life 
like you can it's good to sometimes maybe take a step back have reflect and take a breather but i i just feel like yeah you you have to embrace the suffering you have to like own it you can't just detach yourself from it but yeah, you are part sure. of this world you're not just because the the world yes there it's it's unfair and difficult things happen avoiding it or detaching yourself from it um, it's it's, like it's, it's but then again i'm not too educated on buddhism but if anybody wants to come on the podcast and, and discuss that i'm more than willing yeah garrett would be much better person to talk about than me uh i just have i i've never studied buddhism this is just based on sort of like incidental yeah. knowledge i yeah. picked yeah. up and seeing it and maybe Thai Buddhism is different from like, yeah, like in Nepal or whatever, like is like, there's probably different forms, but based on what I've seen here is it's very, very cold and taken, like you say, detachment taken to the extreme. Like that's, that's what I would argue. Yeah. It's a bit extreme, but I've also lived in a predominantly Muslim country for quite a while. And that is like, these countries are not far apart and it is like 180 degrees. Is that like, right? Yeah, the I, again, this is the only Muslim country I've lived in, so I can't like say if this is half of its culture, half of its religion. But cu culture is always informed by religion, like always, because it's one of the key institutions within within the society. Different forms. It's not Wahhabism, so there's, there's a difference there. But it is. They are the warmest people. That is the warmest country I've ever lived in. Like when they. Uh, when they see see a, a foreigner, a white guy, uh, they call him bule in, in Indonesia, is where I lived. Uh, they they just want to take your photo with you. They want to invite you to your house and eat food with you. They want to show you the picture of their daughter, like the, their, their son. Look, this is him graduating university, so proud, like so, so warm. The amount of times I got like invited to some random old guy's house who wanted to practice English. And, just make coffee, drink coffee with you, show you his garden, give you a little bit of fruit from his tree. And there is very, very warm, like, and very, very devout as well. Obviously, they have the, is it the Muatsin, they call it? The, uh, the call to prayer? I think it's the Muatsin. Uh-huh. And that's pretty pervasive, in my, in my opinion. I'm, I'm not overly fond of that. It's a little bit too pervasive. Uh, but it's also very... Uh, touching at times it can really give like it happens at like sunset and I've got I've got a few moments in my memory of being sat watching a sunset and, and then the Muatsin comes out and you can hear it coming over like like the the sound coming from different uh, like over the rice paddies like coming from the distance and then until it's like surrounding you and it's very mystical spiritual beautiful beautiful feeling uh -huh. that it gives you uh, when it wakes you up at five in the morning when you're staying next to a mosque, it can be a little bit trying, to be honest. That's the, that's, that's the, the truth. But it's, uh, like, in Indonesia, they are, like, the warmest people. Like, there's a reason, not, like, Bali is the place most people know in Indonesia. And it's, uh -huh. there's a reason for that. It's beautiful. And the other reason is just the warmth of Indonesian people. They are, they are a very conservative country as well. Very have very uh, very conservative values still because the the, the religion is entirely yeah yeah and uh, it's it's the biggest Muslim country in the world 
people, I don't think a lot of people realize it's got a big old population. It's the fourth biggest population in the world. There's a lot of people there. Yeah, it's after US, it's the, the next most populated. And it's 90, I think 89% Muslim. So, but in their constitution, they actually embrace all faiths. It's very, uh, it's a Muslim country, Muslim dominate, dominated country, but uh -huh. every, faith, every faith is accommodated. So they have holidays for Christmas there, they have holidays for Easter, they have holidays for uh, Diwali, they have all the major religions that are there get, they, they, what's the word I'm looking for? They view their holidays, they, uh, yeah, they see, yeah, they, yeah, I know the word you're looking for, I can't think of it. I can't think of it. Uh, they observe, there you go. Yeah, they observe all the holidays there. So gotcha. it's, it's a very interesting mix mixed there and yeah i'd say the religion is very much a part of the warmth there and it's very devout very devout so yeah you everyone on friday everything shuts and people go to the mosque i was there for ramadan and getting food is difficult <laughs> in the day you can get it but all everywhere shuts and there's a stigma around the 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 the, the restaurants that stay open there will be christian restaurants that will stay open etc some some Muslim restaurants as well, just because they can they can get a bit of, yeah extra money you know uh, capitalize on on that because not everyone obviously practices even though they they will be Muslim that's that's human nature so, yeah yeah that's interesting I got one other question from Twitter um, someone asked how do you sow faith where there are doubts hmm. It's a, it's a very, very tough question. It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, for me, like what we talked about earlier, where we just moving forward with your life and realizing that even though like maybe life is not so great at the moment, if you just move in the right direction, it, things tend to get better. You know, that's the, the law of attraction definitely, definitely holds true. I think as you move forwards and maybe, yeah, if you have doubts, think about those like but don't dwell on them move forward and I just at the end of the day that's that's a very personal question you know I what led to those doubts why are you having them it might be some kind of something that's going on in your life that has shredded shredded your belief or whatever but I think in general just you got to move forward and eventually those doubts will either be cast away or they will yeah they will manifest in you and you will <laughs> you you won't have belief but i think at the end of the day that's a very personal thing that you've got to find out for yourself tread your path and see what happens it's yeah. a politician's you, answer, i think <laughs> have you had, um, no i think it's true i think it's a hard question to answer like yeah i think you have to sort of go through it and experience it have you read the book um Wild at Heart, I think it's by John Eldridge. Mm, no, I'm not. No, so it's a fair. It's like a book about, um, like, honoring the soul of of being a man. Basically, so it's about what what is it to be a man, basically. But it's, mm. it has a religious standpoint to it. Um, but I think, yeah, now I'm forgetting my point that I was going to make with this related to. This is a part of having a podcast. 
<laughs> where he forgets something and now I have to cut all this up. Um, I think having some kind of belief in general as like you've got to have some guiding principles as as a man. I think that's very important. And I think belief can can should be something that informs those. I think as a man, if you don't have any like you don't have to be like completely ideological, but you need to have some core principles that you believe in. You know, you've got to have a foundation. Yeah. Now, now remember what what he what he says in the book, which I actually tweeted in my uh, that uncomfortable truth thread. He says that God has to be pursued and the devil pursues, and that, and that sort of struck me when I read it because then because like then you that. realize like if you're not actively looking for him. It's like everybody who doubts is like, oh, I doubt, I doubt. Well, God doesn't pursue it. He, he, he compares it to how our relationship with, with women is as well. It's like if you're a man, you have to pursue God and you have to pursue the woman that you want to be with. Like there is, and the, yeah, and the devil pursues you. Like the bad things will pursue you. And I think that's why if the default is sort of, if you don't actively like what you said, what you said actually matches that advice, right? Like just go move in the direction of good and then it'll show itself because you're pursuing. But if you're yeah. just in the default mode of, of not doing anything, which I think if you're not doing anything, you're actually stagnating or you're, you're, you're rotting. Like there is, there's only two options. It's growth or death. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And if you're not pursuing, right, like you said, you might meet, people that from that maybe haven't improved themselves and they usually get worse, right? If you haven't actively improved yourself, you, your condition worsens, like could be your body, it could be your mind, it could be um, in all the different aspects. But that was the, that was the point that that I wanted to make that I think. I think uh, another thing I'd just like to add to that as well is like, it sparked my, my, my thoughts. I, I love that quote, by the way, I think it's really, really true. And it's kind of like, you know, the character caricature in movies of like the, the, like in like Tom and Jerry or something, you get like the devil and the angel, like speaking inside you. Yeah. I think in some ways that is, that is basically what, like, I know Garrett's got this idea about micro personalities, which I really like, but like we, we, we have many micro personalities that are always vying to become like who we are in that moment. I think paraphrasing. And, uh, like that, that caricature of the devil and the angel speaking to you at all times is a very good metaphor and is very true and is almost a shame that it's been caricatured in that way that it's become, it's lost the, the, the symbolic meaning of it. Because we always have that voice talking to us, the voice that's telling us to do the, the lazy option or maybe just like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter or like what giving you the nagging doubt in your head. But you also do have the other voice, the voice that is the right one, the, the angel that is harder to listen to, that is telling you, no, you have to push forward. And I think which voice you listen to more will determine your path. Yeah, and I think if you've been, if you haven't listened to that voice, like you mentioned years of drinking, mm -hmm. and I, I would almost compare it to like your intuition. Like you, you won't hear it. I think for a while, like you have to literally like just almost stop. As I think I even mentioned fasting, like you have to just 
if you think that there's a bad behavior that you're doing that's not leading you anywhere good in life, then you just you need to just remove it or or like you did, change your environment, do something. And then and then eventually it'll come back. Like because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know my purpose, I don't know what my intuition is. It's almost like they need to clean they need a cleaning out. They got a clean house first. Yeah, you you need sometimes you just need to jump off a cliff, you know, put your faith in it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 Don't literally do that, but metaphorically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. So, some well, laws there's... some laws do get observed constantly. I think gravity is possibly one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jack, this has been a really great conversation, I think, and is exactly what, what I felt like would come out of uh reading your article. So I appreciate your your time. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add or no, I just want to say thank you very much. Like it's been been a pleasure. I've really really enjoyed the conversation as well. It's uh, it's great to be part of the the, the, the sphere we're in. The uh, the twit in our corner of Twitter. It's a it's a very very lucky. I feel very lucky to have found this place. Uh, so yeah, thanks for talking to me. It was a pleasure, and thanks for inviting me on. It was uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, Jack. Thank you once again. All right, thanks everybody.